You are listening to the Enormo Cast. The Royal We here at the Enormo Cast would like to remind you that there's three great ways to get shit you need and get the Enormo Cast a little something as well. BonfireCoffee.com, enter Enormo at checkout for great small batch fresh roasted coffee. PeterWGilroy.com, enter Enormo at checkout for amazing climbing inspired jewelry and accessories for yourself or that special belayer. Emblazebex.com, enter Enormocast at checkout to just say no to belayer neck pain. And the great thing about supporting these companies is they are the little guy. In fact, a couple of them are just one person over there at that particular little company. So you're supporting them. They are climbers. You're supporting the Enormocast and you're getting great stuff. It's a win, win, win. Very rare in this day and age. So please consider supporting them, supporting the Enormacast, and supporting all our sponsors with your patronage. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place that side of town. That's a big nice. place. You sold it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is about 9.30. Here in Carbondale, Colorado at the Enorma headquarters, it is January 22nd, and this is episode 121, I believe, of the Enorma cast. On today's show, my friend and former roommate and former bandmate and climbing partner at times, Chris Parker. You may remember Chris Parker if you're a very deep Enorma cast fan from episode 19 with Jeff Jackson. He sort of sat in on that one, even though Jeff was pretty much the show, obviously, if you've heard that one. Um, there's a reason for that. Great episode. I actually, one of my favorites, personally, just a lot of great stories from Jeff, and, and he's an amazing storyteller. Anyhow, at the end of that, we played some tunes, and they were Chris's songs, and I still get some emails once in a while about what those tunes were all about and how to find more. Well, Chris has got an album out, just put it out last week, and so I had him back on the show to talk a little bit about that album, about the nexus of climbing and music, maybe a little debating about art and climbing. Uh, and mostly, and the kind of most fun we had was that he played a few tunes for us. So you're going to get into that a little bit different show for us today at the Normacast. Fun stuff. Had a really good time recording this one. My only little bit of business is to remind you that I will be at the Cody Ice Fest 10th through the 12th of February. CodyIceFest.com for that information. I will be presenting something. I also uh, just came back from Ure with the Entourage and climbed a little bit of ice down there, as I do now, annually. Um, so I'm going to double my ice climbing pleasure this year by going again. And actually, I always get a little bit excited for it after I uh, 
after I top rope a few water ice threes up Canyon there and Ure, I kind of start thinking about it again. So this will be cool. A couple weeks later, I'll get to climb up there and hopefully uh, get on something a little steeper, more interesting. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll become an ice climber again. I doubt that. The uh, mother of the normal baby would very much question that decision, and she should. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm not going to put an outro on this one because we end on a nice tune of Chris's. Great way to end the end the show today. Um, so I do want to remind you guys to be safe out there. Check your knot. And uh, we're going to also open with a tune here from Chris Parker. So remember, if you're interested in his album, which we talk about on the show, it's uh, available at iTunes. Christopher Parker is the way he's listed on iTunes. And the album is Southern Odyssey. Just came out last week. It's available to download there. I believe it's on Spotify, a few other places. If you want to check it out after this episode, I think you will. I think he will. He recorded it in a couple days down in the legendary Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He even had a former Swamper or two on there. It's kind of a country and country blues album. And even if that's not normally your thing, uh, go check it out. Even if you don't download a copy, I'm sure he would appreciate you just having a listen and uh, seeing what you think. Again, Christopher Parker, Southern Odyssey. All right, we're going to open with a tune from Chris. Here we go. Are you ready for me? Unwind and let's let the breeze blow Sometimes I like to feel the wind Cause it reminds me of the mountains we were climbing And the rush of air I felt from falling Relax, you know I never Always caught by the rope I tied into And thinking back I can almost hear the sound Of her calling up to me Hey, I got you Well, people said that we were crazy Someday we would die But that never seemed to face me Cause they didn't know that I Was roped up with the girl who saved my life When I was young Living in the Rocky Barely hanging on from day to day Before long She showed up like a change of fame And helped me keep the gravity at bay 
Chris, thanks a lot, man. That sounded awesome. Thanks, Calus. I appreciate it. Uh, what What did you write that about? Uh, I was just kind of trying to imagine um, a couple of old climbers, you know. Well, my wife and I are climbers, so I was trying to picture us like uh, in a rocking chair, uh, you know, maybe hanging with some grandkids and, and talking about, uh, you know, how we got together and... Uh, and maybe these these grandkids don't climb, um, and they don't really get it yet, you know. Um, and so that's what, yeah, that's what I wrote it about. Uh, yeah, just coming together through climbing and uh, and falling in love that way, and everybody saying, oh, "Guys are guys are nuts," right? Yeah, <laughs> not all families and everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, we're sitting down in uh, Chris Parker's basement, and if you guys remember Chris Parker uh, from episode. 17 i think or 19 maybe i think it was 19 19 with uh jeff jackson he was sort of uh we were just laughing about how he didn't really say anything because jeff you know took care of the episode and and i said yeah you were just there to witness it like i was (laughs) 
He's an amazing raconteur, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was the one about the, you know, the, the, the horse people and Negwals. the Negwals. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he blew my mind, and I'd been hanging with Jeff for a year, like every day, um, by that point, and had never even come close to hearing these wild stories. So, yeah, and so at the end of that episode, because uh, you guys. Um, Chris and I and Jeff were playing together in a band at that point, or maybe we hadn't quite started it, but we were sitting a lot on the living room a lot. Uh, we did a couple tunes at the end of that, and uh, those got a lot of interest uh, over the years even. I still get emails occasionally about that music, and Chris has expanded his music quite a bit since then, although what we'd like to talk about today is kind of the conflicts you've had with climbing and trying to be a musician at the same time. And uh, I think there's a lot of actually to say about lifestyle with that, where, you know, you have this one thing that you're super into, which is climbing and to be good at it and to excel at it, you have to practice it, but also it, you know, you start to obsess over it. That's, it's funny because it's the thing we love about it, but also um, I think all of us maybe have stepped back at some point if you're really into climbing and, you know, I joke about how I could be a millionaire if I had just taken all that energy and put it into finance. You know exactly. Oh, I, I, it's so funny sometimes because, I mean, it's also pointless. And I and I, I feel like everything is at some point, but um, you spend so much time climbing and, uh, and it can be um, a, a total escape from everything. And it's like my dad, you know, early on when I started climbing and... Uh, and kind of quit playing music to me i i felt like i was doing something righteous you know like i was like oh i like this this climbing thing this is really rad you know and it is it's super fun and it has a lot of uh depth to it i don't want to just like shine it because it's my life and, and in my career as well uh but at the same time i'm like man, I could have spent a lot more time practicing the guitar, you know, and uh, and pursuing many things with the time I spent with climbing. So, Yeah, I mean, it's not just about practicing. It's about if you wanted to pursue that lifestyle, you know, it's, it's something that takes uh, all your time. I mean, whether it's practicing or whether it's promoting yourself or whether it's touring, just that kind of lifestyle. It's a passionate lifestyle. It's like climbing in a sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you can't do them both. It, it really feels like one of those things where even even as a musician and, and people know that, you know, I've played music for a long time. I, uh, what a lot of people don't know is actually the intro and outro music is a band that I was once in. Is that Hector 7G? Yeah. And, oh, cool. Uh, and those are my tunes. We recorded them years and years and years nice. ago. And, uh, you know, and, and even that, like if I was, I remember playing guitar, even in that band, if I was climbing a ton, I couldn't play as well. Literally my fingers, you know, if they were stiff and sore from, from, from bolt, you know, whatever it was from sport climbing or anything. You were going to say bouldering. Yeah, I was. Gonna say bouldering, <laughs> but that's just not, well, you know, even, even climbing in the gym, oh, yeah. your hands up. Yeah, no, and, totally. and if I played a gig on the same weekend I was climbing, like maybe I climbed all day. I couldn't play for shit. I just my hands wouldn't or weren't fleet on the on the on the uh, fretboard, you know. Yeah, you know, I was actually asking. Uh, so we have this um, physical therapist that kind of works at uh, or 
she lives in, here in Salt Lake and she's really knowledgeable about climate specific stuff. And I was just wondering, like, is all this hangboarding and bouldering on plastic going to just completely screw my fingers up for playing guitar when I'm 45 and I'm just going to have calcified knuckles or, or whatever. But I think it would be an interesting article um, because we I don't really ever see that um you know what what is what are we doing to our 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 joints here and our and our fingers you know i'm just like trying to get stronger all did, the time. did she have anything to say about it? i i didn't get a chance to ask oh. her i was telling my boss oh. that we should do an article with her um about this like hangboarding you know specifically hangboarding like what is that doing in the long run but you know we were made to work with our hands but we also died at like 55 so right <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> but i definitely worry I mean, about our hands were not supposed to last that long <laughs> exactly <laughs> i worry about playing uh being able to play my guitar uh for sure uh, as i get older yeah i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say but um i like i said i just could tell uh, when i'd been climbing a lot versus when i wasn't you know right cramped up and everything like that gnarly yeah yeah and going crack climbing forget it the twisting of them is the other maybe thing that should go into this article yeah what the hell is going on when you fucking twist your fingers on a hard climb and then for like 20 minutes after they're sort of still shaped like that exactly yeah it, it's definitely not promoting bone growth that's for sure and so in the last few years you've i mean you were living in carbondale you live in salt lake now you you did a stint in seattle kind of in this idea of re upping your your music what's going on with your juggling of the two at this mm. point um so i had a career writing about climbing and i was writing uh for rock and ice i was the online editor for a couple years and was had put music on the back burner and was playing with you guys and and then kind of got like really inspired and uh wrote this record and made plans to go record that record did make that record i i guess i can just bust that out right now i went down the muscle shoals and kind of had a, a wild experience recording with um some of the swampers and uh, norbert putnam produced the record and he's a legend um played with Elvis and produced Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, you know, like, uh, the dude's going to the bank, cashing checks on Margaritaville every day. Like he's the real deal. He's had a couple of platinum records anyways. Um, it was a pretty wild experience. And, and I thought that that was it. Like I had my in because I made what I can think is a cool record i mean i made it in two days live in the studio with in kind of a wild circumstance but regardless you know i i went to i moved to seattle quit rock and ice and uh moved to seattle with the hopes of just busting into the music scene but it doesn't work like that <laughs> i mean it might for somebody but um you know uh the music industry basically is completely different than the way it used to be and you have to have your own business up and running before a record label ever looks at you i mean i'm sure there's exceptions to this rule but um for the most part you know you need to grow your following you you have to prove to a label that you're making money, you're going to make them money, right? Right, right. And like you're already doing it. You're already doing it. And I should have already been doing it 
when I was doing it when I was 16, I should have never quit doing it if I wanted to do it now. Sure. But I'm also like firm in the belief that it's like never too late, right? Like Wes Montgomery started playing jazz guitar at 21. Like he was, he was working in a factory and he was coming home every night and his, his baby and his wife would go to sleep and then he would play in the next room. And that's why he used his stump because it was quieter. And, uh, but anyways, like 21 years old, you know, get out of here. Like, greatest jazz guitarist of all time uh so anyways went to seattle it didn't really pan out but what did pan out is the fact that i like ran to the uh ran to the climbing community when things like when shit hit the fan and i was just like this isn't gonna work i got a job in the outdoor industry again writing again not for um a climbing publication but um, outdoor industry, one and the same, you know, it's like a, a kind of like a family, I would say. And that's who I ran to. And I, and I ran to climbing. I would go climbing every weekend to escape. And whether that's a good thing or not, it felt damn good to go climbing again and not like worry about writing songs or uh, what I'm going to post on Facebook on my facebook that has like how many likes and uh, pitching this record to this person that's not going to listen to it again you know uh so yeah uh, and uh, long story short you know here i am working for black diamond and back in the in a family that i really feel good in um and climbing all the time but the music is never gonna leave me alone so (laughs) it's just like in there you know that's a it's it's a serious deal and and it's like kind of a love hate thing because I just feel like uh I, I I would be so much better off if I could just not worry about it anymore you know like I if I just played guitar like came home like played guitar wrote a couple songs like hey babe listen to the song I wrote is that nice oh great and then that was it but instead there's this need to do something more with it and it's always been there you know um and uh it's like uh jeff jackson we were talking about you know he he told me one time he was like well if you can quit then do it and he's like you know he he's a serious writer and writes fiction in the front seat of his car after his family goes to bed you know and his driveway and like he's like you know i can't quit like you know this is art like this is what we do you know and he's like but trust me, if I could quit, I would. And if you can, do it. And I did for 10 years, you know, but it didn't. it was just there, always there. And as soon as I started writing songs again, I wrote the first one. That was the floodgates were open and then boom. Next thing you know, I'm like trying to make a record and spending my life savings on it and quitting my job and moving across the country to try to pursue music. And I mean, that's like crazy, right? Like I had what some people would, think is like a dream job you know but living in paradise living in colorado exactly and i do look back on that and like think about the bands like i was in a band with you that i was really proud of and thinking back like oh man we should have just kept playing and i should have just kept writing about climbing and just gone that direction and stayed in that town but that's not the way it, it rolled you know yeah as i was like writing this record um when i was in carbondale and still working for rock and ice i i kind of 
was a little guilt, felt a, a little guilt about uh, having spent so much time just uh, playing in the mountains and climbing all the time and, uh, and not focusing on music because I was kind of realizing that if I really wanted to do something serious with music, I should have already done it. But, um, so I wrote this tune and, and, and it's kind of with the spirit that, uh, maybe it's never too late. So it's called Rollin' While You Can. Polish up the silver, but it's the gold that keeps us heading out the door. On a search that lasts forever, cause when you find it, you will only want some more. But I got lost inside of mountains, and I never found what I was looking for. Oh, but maybe I got the winning dice in my hand. You gotta roll them while you can. Dropping sounds that move too slowly Sending echoes off the walls where I got caught And I don't count on being lucky And I know that some things will fall apart Oh, and maybe I've got the winning dice tonight
So we were sort of talking about this subject yesterday and uh, kind of getting ideas for doing an episode. And you had mentioned your observations or your ideas about climbing and art versus some of the other what we call lifestyle sports like surfing and, uh, and skateboarding. Can you kind of elaborate on some of the ideas we were talking about? So I'm super into art, you know, and uh, my dad is an artist and uh, my mom was a ballerina. And so like growing up, art was like the coolest thing you could do with your life, which thinking back, I'm like, damn, like, why didn't they just like encourage me to be a doctor or something? But um, so I'm super into uh, checking out what's happening in other lifestyle sports and we call them lifestyle sports and, um, you know, surfing and skating and uh, and climbing and skiing maybe is in there too. And um, I, I feel like, I mean, there's surf music, right? There's surf guitar. There's a whole school of guitar. There's like a whole sound. Right. right? And um, and I don't feel like there's anything there for climbing yet. And But climbing does have this um, budding visual art scene, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of weird because I, I feel like, uh, I, I don't think it's weird. I, I think it's good. And, and I dig it. And like looking at Renan Ozturk's art and Jeremy Collins and these guys, I mean, they're definitely very talented and capture that spirit. And, and I really dig what they do. Renam is the first one that I saw uh, with that style. And then it seems to have a lot of people have gravitated towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nobody that's like, like just totally like, well, maybe there is, but I haven't seen it just like coming out of the blue and doing something completely different with climbing art. But um, yeah, I don't know why um, climbing is not, uh, doesn't have a, a, a richer culture of art like is there climbing music you know and i i know that sounds weird right uh and i do know that there are climbing musicians and uh really good ones and uh you know i met andy clear and i don't know if you know him uh he's like a rad musician and a climber and a van dweller and uh hangs out in waco tanks and he wrote a couple articles and we we found out we worked on uh he wrote an article for a column I was editing at Rock and Ice at the time and uh, writes about Waco tanks and stuff. But um, but there's yet to be. So maybe it's like media hasn't latched on and made it something right. or maybe musicians haven't made it something. It's just an observation. Like, I don't know exactly where the weakness is right Mm -hmm. but i do know that uh, and then you look at like skate there's so much going on there like what like from the beginning to even now with like the art that those guys produce and like the the culture that they create and skating so much just a vehicle for these other things that these i mean like mark gonzalez takes photographs and makes paintings and yes he's a rad skater and an innovator on a skateboard but like he's also all these other things and like skating just seems to be his vehicle and and it seems like that in a lot of ways and and i just haven't seen that with the climbing community and i have been in the climbing community and also i've written about the climbing community for a while and definitely an astute observer for sure right right Um, right you know these other art forms that you're talking about the lifestyle or the sport or the activity or whatever inspired it but then it grew 
to go far beyond the sport. Exactly. And yeah. and I and I suppose what we're talking about is the fact that it it hasn't that much. And and you know we have these examples. And the two obviously anybody listening that leaped to mind. Um, you know, Jeremy's been on the show. Uh, right. Renan has never done the show, but probably never will. Um, I've talked to him about it. It's kind of not his thing. Okay. Um, he's not that kind of guy. But uh, we can come up with a couple examples, but it's not like this just forceful movement of, you know, all these different directions and, and different people that the mainstream recognizes. But you do have musicians that are making music. O-Dub comes to mind. Sure. He's been on the show, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And... So, yeah, what's what's holding us back? What what's happening there? Why and I I feel like, I mean, I love climbing so much. I feel like it's every bit as cool as surfing, right? Mhm. It's cooler. It's cooler. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like why, why don't we have climb music, you know? I I mean, that sounds just dorky coming when you say it out loud, but like uh you look at a surfer's journal, right? And so I look at Surfer's Journal all the time because I was in the magazine business as an editor. And uh, every single issue, I'm pretty sure about this. I could be wrong, but most issues profile an artist, whether it's a shaper. Sometimes it's a shaper. So that's kind of blurring the line. But a lot of times it's just a straight up visual artist, surfing artist, right? I mean, I don't think you could do that in A Rock and Ice, like every issue eight a year, six a year, eight a year, can't remember now, but um, have a profile of a climbing artist. Maybe you could. Uh, well, but maybe the question or the issue is, is would the readers tolerate it? Right. Would they even be into it? Right. And I, I mean, I feel like in the history of, of the magazines, which, you know, for the longest time, the magazines were the culture. Like right. they were the harbingers of the culture. If you look at the arc of both climbing and rock and ice, and then some of the ones that have come and gone, I mean, most of the attempts at poetry, you look at old climbing magazines, there's there's fiction, there's poetry, and there is art, you know, there is right. visual art. It just slowly dwindled, went away, went away. And now, it, I mean, it's really rare to read a even a fiction article. Right. Um, other think, than John Long's, which are, you know, semi-fictional, if you will. Um, well, but he also does straight fiction, too, mm-hmm. which are awesome. Uh, yeah. the, the one that comes to mind is the Oliver Moon piece. Did you ever read that? No, I can't remember. He just totally made up this character that uh, was this, like, Southern Californian rock god that would just show up. But it, I thought it was real when I first read it. And it took me a while. I think, I think maybe Hefe Jeff Jackson told me that no, Oliver Moon wasn't real, you know. But it was like a great piece. Right. Uh, but yes, I agree. Like even fiction writing and climbing, and it's hard to do well. That's for sure. I mean, uh, <laughs> you read some like climbing fiction, and you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, we, we we're we're pulling out these single examples, mm-hmm. and 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 the other thing, you know, that's clear. Is climbers are out there making art, you know, and they're out there in their vans playing music. Um, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like a recognized sort of artistic movement that comes out of the culture like it did with surfing, like it did with skating. Right. And I, and I think maybe if um, media nurtured that, like 
all that stuff that's happening in there in in climbers vans and um out there at the crags this art that's being created what if it was nurtured enough by the media to create a movement i don't know mm-hmm. um it's it's a question that um you know is still up for debate i i'd right. say because it is happening but you what you're saying is maybe it lacks form yeah it lacks form and 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 but yeah, I guess my point is, is like, I'm out there playing guitar, but I'm playing music that's established. Like, I'm not creating something new specific to climbing. Right. You know, or if I'm learning bluegrass or, because I always think like, if there was sort of a climbing soundtrack, it's like. Please you know. don't say bluegrass. Okay. Where are you going to? Well, I just feel like if you're out at some camping area, like people banging away on instruments, it's going to be kind of one of those sorts of jams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I'm the a, bongos. I mean, let's face it, yeah. hand drums are a big part of the climbing soundtrack. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> if you're trying to fucking get some sleep, yeah. You know what I, the problem with with bongos are what is is that everybody thinks they can play them, right? And I happen to know some really good like hand percussion players, right? And that pisses them off too. Because it's like, look, I fucking work on this to become good. Yeah. Like, don't think you can just pick up a pair of bongos and start (laughs) whacking away at them and, like, create something, right? Right, right. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing with writing. Like, everybody writes now, you know? Because everybody can, but it's like, well, that's sort of a skill that, you know, some people spend a lot of time working on. But anyways, um, but totally, I I feel like... um, you know, um, it would be probably really difficult to come up with a climbing sound, uh, right? But um, moving beyond surf music, right? Uh, like, I, I don't even think surfers were actually listening to surf music. Dick Dale was a crossover for sure. People did listen to Dick Dale um, when they were surfing. Was he an actual surfer? Do you know? Uh, Dick surfed a little yeah, bit. Because like the Beach Boys, that was just like a full on. That's what I was like, going to say. Appropriation of, of, the, of the scene. Well, they did. The Beach Boys surfed a little bit. And Dennis was an ocean guy. Um, but. Um, he drowned, right? Yeah, he yeah. did drown. Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't listen. Surfers didn't listen to the Beach Boys. I mean, hardcore surfers, right? And we're right. talking about like hardcore climbers. Hard, uh, like, yeah, like. Um, when the Gidget phase of surfing hit, um, I'm sure there were surfers that listened to the Beach Boys, but the core didn't, and they were listening to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely think though that surfing has kept on uh, promoting music, and and so like here's an example, like uh, there's a, a a pretty rad English singer songwriter out there named Ben Howard and Ben Howard's a surfer and he was like, had a budding surf journalist career. And now he's like, um, a pretty internationally known singer songwriter, but surfing's part of his identity and, and surfing surf media, like promoted that, you know, like, I mean, I know that and I don't know Ben. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but his music isn't, uh, surf music right? right but he's a surfing artist like you know what well, i mean well then there's there's jack johnson is the other obvious one exactly I mean, it's 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 incorporated together exactly like, 
you don't know Jack Johnson without knowing that he was a surfer. Surfing is continues to be part of his influence. And all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's Jack Johnson surf music and you know, like his first, uh, music that was like to the public was in a surf film that he made. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what get, got him his start. And that's not like, that's not surf tone as far as like, there's not somebody with a Fender jazz master with like drenched and reverb, you know? Um, but it's surf music. Right. And that's what I mean. It's kind of like, it's kind of evolved and it's real, you know? Um, it's out there. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I would like to, uh, I think my goal now, um, because I, I kind of, I didn't give up, but I just kind of realized that number one, I don't like really want to go the traditional, uh, music industry route because I think the music industry is, uh, struggling right now. It's not an industry I would like to jump in. Um, actually I'm lying when I say that because if the, if the path was clear, if the path you was would clear, walk the hell right it's down sort it. of like a pyromaniac or something. Like uh, they they like try to reform them, you know. But like the truth is, they just want to burn everything, yeah, yeah. and they and they they always will. So like, no matter what I say, uh, if somebody was like, "Look, here's your record deal. You want to go on the road?" I'd be like, "Done." Nice. Like I, I, I'm out of here, you know. Like, uh, but no. But I kind of realized that um, that's that old traditional model is just uh, really, really hard and, um, probably not the way to go for me. So, um, I love being in the climbing community and climbing is a big part of my life. And, uh, yeah. So just like, how can I incorporate my music instead of them being two different, two separate things, right? Like, which that's the way it's always seemed to me. And it's been this like stark dichotomy of like, well, you got climbing, you got music, you can't do them both, right? Because they don't work together very well, I would say. Like you were talking about earlier. Well, if you're practicing guitar and, uh, you know, playing shows till late at night and on the road and all these things, then you're not climbing. And if Well, and you could, you could go the other direction where, yeah, you fiddle around with climbing like... Oh, I'm in New York and I have a day off. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the bouldering gym. Yeah. But you know, just the way we're talking about, like if you're a full-time climber, you can play your guitar. Right. You know, here and there at night in the, in the van and stuff like that. It's not like you have to give them, but to be doing it. I mean, the real like the lifestyle is not the, the, the music lifestyle is not really that great for the physical life. Exactly. Yeah, so. And, and, and I guarantee you, if you were on tour and, and you like bouldered every now and then in a gym when you like stopped in a city, if you were to like talk to a real climber, you would probably tell them like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really climbing anymore. Right. Yeah. Because you're not right. That to us, that's not climbing. Right. You know? So yeah, incorporating the two is, uh, it's challenging, but, um, I've tried to do that with songwriting, I'd say, and let it kind of influence my songwriting. So. Yeah, you've been experimenting with kind of thematically running it. Yeah. You want to play your Yosemite Gold tune? Yeah, I'd Let's love to. Yeah. Okay, cool. You guys will recognize the uh, the story. This is, a, this is like a classic story song. Oh, I heard that Cliffhanger was based off this story loosely. That, that's not just a rumor. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, because John Long had something to do with it, right? Right, right.
Time will come and go Spring will soon melt the snow Way up here in the mountains We can still feel the winter winds blow We heard a rumor that a plane has crashed Way up on the Merced Pass They're telling us that it had quite the stash So we'll keep on searching till the last track Is nothing but ass Feds are on the down low Flew out a few bales of dough We saw the choppers land and unload And we figured there was more than what they told We're hiking up to where the plane had crashed Way up on the Merced Pass We gotta beat the feds to the stash And we'll keep on searching till the last track it's nothing but ash We'll be singing on Just like the miners of old Oh, we're just looking for your Yosemite gold We found the wreckage in the lake Frozen up, make no mistake We knew that we could swing a climbing axe And with a couple of blows that ice would break We started working where the plane had crashed Way up on the Merced Pass Beneath the ice was floating quite the stash So we kept on searching to the last track was nothing but ash Back on the valley floor News about the big score Has made its way to the fireside Of the climbers who were down in camp four They talk about the day the plane had crashed Way up on and pass And how a couple climbers found the stash And they slung that dope into the last track Was nothing but ash Now me singing on like the miners of old Oh, what they found was your seventy We've, we've talked a lot about the obsession of climbing over the hundred and whatever episodes I've had. Occasionally, we've talked about the dark side of it, uh, this idea of addiction or obsession or whatever you want to call it, kind of 
leaking into all these other parts of our lives. Right. Um, I think but most of us lifers like myself, we're pretty comfortable. This is our thing. We know climbing is the thing that we can we can go to for, you know, expression, for solace, for whatever it is that we find in it. You're sitting here telling us that you've got these two conflicting passions that you're trying to make a meet somehow and you haven't sort of found that formula yet. And maybe you never will. But what do you think it looks like to you in terms of that? Uh, it's, it, it's, you know, interesting because I feel like other people have, well, other art forms um, and other practitioners of other art forms or other artists that uh, practice uh, like photography, for example, have figured out a way to combine the two. And they have this, uh, what seems to me, as this kind of cool freewheeling lifestyle and shirt, sure, a lot of hustle involved. Um, but they're able to sell photos and practice their art as well as climb and uh, experience the beautiful parts of climbing, right? Like traveling and uh, going to these beautiful areas and uh, just, yeah, I mean, that part about climbing that's really hard to put your finger on but you just feel so good when you get to a new cliff or uh or even an old one it's like seeing old friends you know when you like walk into a boulder field that you visited a lot 10 years ago or something um so they kind of have figured out how to marry the two i'd say so i I don't think I want to go on tour, right? Like, uh, that's kind of what I kind of figured out is like, I don't want to go this traditional route, but I would like to sell music and have an audience because as an art artist, that's what you want, right? You want an audience. And, and it's not, I, I wouldn't say that's an ego thing. Um, it's just like, uh, connecting with somebody, anybody, and the more the better through your what you do, um, whether it's writing, taking photographs, painting, or writing songs and, and making music, that's the ultimate, right? Um, they're not for you. They're for other people. And so that's the ultimate goal is to figure out how to connect with other people and not follow this traditional route. Like most musicians wouldn't want to tour their brains out, you know, for 20 years, right? That's a grind, but that's what they do so they can connect their music to people. And, and it is cool to play live and stuff. And I would like that opportunity, but the bottom line is we're all just trying to, uh, have people listen to what we're doing or see what we're doing. And so if I could figure out how to, do that without following this traditional model of, you know, cutting a record and then putting it out and then going on tour and, uh, you know, maybe still having my job where I write about climbing and stuff, but, um, incorporating the two where like, yeah, like growing my audience and, and selling records. Right. But maybe my audience is climbers, you know, like it kind of like, started to when I was in Seattle and started to like get a little bummed out about uh trying to jump into the music industry 
they were very receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that have always been really receptive to anything I've ever done have been climbers in the climbing community. So it took a while, but now I think I'm at the point where, well, you know what? Those are my people. That's my audience. That's who I want to connect with. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Your album's coming out next month, right? Or you're going to put it out yourself. I'm putting it out myself and, uh, It'll be on iTunes and Spotify and, you know, it's, it's really not about, um, I'm not trying to sell a bunch of records or anything, but I'd love for people to hear it and check it out. So, um, it'll be on all the streaming services, you know, um, at this point, unless you're Adele, you kind of have to, (laughs) you know, pay the piper and get on the Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, January 18th. Southern Odyssey, a record I made in Muscle Shoals over two days, pretty much recording live with uh, some legendary cats. It's my first, not going to be my last. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of had this tune that you you uh, played for us that was a, you know, this story that that um, you kind of stylized the story that most of us have heard mm-hmm. um, in climbing, you know, put it to a blues, blues jam, mm-hmm. kind of that style. Um, what, what do you think otherwise, you know, thematically that you, you can draw from not just climbing, like, you know, like you were just saying about the fiction element of climbing, like can be really bad. I feel like, you know, if you start, if you really like start to get kind of, um, concrete about climbing, you'll end up with some really bad music as well you know like the if you ever use if you ever write a song that has the word undercling in it like, right well i was you were gonna be off you're gonna I, be off the rails i was towing the line with using uh daisy chain in the first song that i played uh but you know i will say john lennon used daisy chain and uh dear prudence and we all know you know yeah it's a daisy daisy chain, chain like literal da- exactly yeah, yeah. uh but the first time i played that for julie she just started busting out laughing I was just like, son of a bitch. It didn't she, come off right. She pictured somebody with it through their leg. Right. And exactly. that's what made her laugh. <laughs> a daisy chain G string. <clears throat> but um, no, I think that, yeah, if you are heavy handed with that kind of, um, with like writing about, uh, specifically about climbing uh, in song form, it could get a little cheesy. But. Um, I feel like there's all these elements to being a climber that is not just like the obvious. Um, and we all kind of deal with these elements and maybe not all of us, but uh, a lot of climbers I know, like their families don't, maybe not, they don't get it right. They don't relate to climbing cause they'd never have. And, and they might live somewhere on the East coast and, Uh, you're out in the mountains out West and you see them once a year at Christmas and yeah, it's great. They're your family and all, but there is a a lack of understanding of like what you're doing. And so there's all kinds of things like that in the climbing lifestyle that is rich for, you know, or should I say, I I should say ripe for the picking as far as a songwriter, what a songwriter is looking for, you know? So I've written a tune about that that I can play. Cool. Let's go out on that. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sitting down. It and uh, it's uh, 
I'm glad that you came back. Like I said, people always contact me about those tunes that we blew up, blew around in the in the uh, living room that night after doing our epic uh, story time with with JJ. JJ, yeah, <laughs> and that was that was a really good time. Yeah, I still think back on that. We had just moved into the wheelhouse and mm-hmm. uh, summertime. Yeah, good times for sure. Uh, and thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, and I'll really put it out it. on the on the Enormacast. Uh, in terms of where to get uh, this record that you're putting out and uh, where people can follow you. And uh, what's your website again? Christopher Parker Music. Right on. Yeah. What's this called? This is called Mothers and Fathers. In the moment 